I want to be in charge of my own butthole. Welcome to the 142nd episode of the Superhouse Podcast, everybody. This is Andrew, and I'm once again joined by Stephanavius. Oh my gosh, 142 episodes. That was my dog, Rabbit. Y'all familiar <laughs> with her? In past episodes, they're popping in little cute little cameos. Hey, shut up! <laughs> it's like Kevin Smith saying, shut up, Shecky. Yeah, Shecky, I know. She's our Shecky. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but anyway, right, damn. <laughs> so this week... We're going to be continuing our deep dive into the Hasbro verse, just like we did last week with Visionaries, Knights of the Magical Light. This week, we're going to be going over Rom, the Space Knight. Rom, hell yes. I'm only um, vaguely familiar with Rom, but here we go. Let's do this. Dude, that was my question I was going to ask off uh, off uh, our notes here. Um, uh, I am what psychic. your familiarity was, but pretty much nothing, huh? <laughs> well, uh, just I've seen a lot of drawings of the character, and I've seen a lot of comic book covers, basically. That's it. Okay. And All then, right. yeah. I didn't know maybe. much either. Uh, I Again, we just mentioned Kevin Smith. Um, Kevin Smith has mentioned it a couple times before on his podcast, um, and we'll get to more of that later, but that's pretty much my familiarity as well, other than seeing some covers nice. uh, on, online. So, anyway, let's get right to it. What is Rom the Space Knight? The Rom property was launched in 1978 by Parker Brothers. Release of a... <laughs> release of a... <laughs> Parker Brothers' release of a toy created by Scott Dankman, Richard C. Levi, and Brian L. McCoy. Manifesting as a robotic-looking outer-space-originated action figure, yeah? Riding the post-Star Wars wave, right? Brandishing lighting and sound effects. Marvel Comics subsequently supplied a substantial backstory with the 1979 launch of the series, Rom Space Knight, which featured writing by Bill Mantlo and art by Sal Buscema. Frank Miller drew the cover of the 1979 premiere issue. The series became well regarded amongst comic book connoisseurs. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, the story for Rom, all right? Uh, what the fuck is this shit about? So, the story centers on the mission of Rom, an alien from the planet Galador, who, through an experimental procedure, was physically altered to become a robotic space knight, armed with an array of weaponry, specifically designed to identify and neutralize a malevolent race of shape-shifting alien magicians. Fuck yeah. <laughs> called, fuck yeah. <laughs> called Dire Wraiths. Oh my god, fuck yeah. I got the horns is, up right now. It's metal as fuck, bro. Metal and, as fuck, dude. <laughs> Concept I, album. Dire Wraiths, by the way, we all know that, uh, that, what's his name? Uh, uh, god, not Tolkien. Um, Game of Thrones guy. Oh my god. J.J. Uh, Abrams? No. <laughs> George R.R. R. Martin? George R.R. R. Martin. He wrote Dire Wolves, and we all know that he's a big comic book fan in general. Uh, he loved the Fantastic Four and shit like that, so I wonder, man. I wonder. Because that's very yeah. close. That's Dire and then W. A W yeah. word. Dire Wolves, Dire Wraiths. But I mean, and Tolkien, what is it? The Ring Wraiths? It's all... That's true, yeah. They're all they swimming do. in the same fucking... Yeah, uh, natural spring. Everybody's reading spring. 
Yeah, exactly. There, it's a <laughs> Venn diagram, man. Right. Isn't uh, everything in life as such? Especially nerd shit. It's all um, <laughs> incestuous. Yeah, incestuous mythology. Pretty that's much. Gonna be, that's going to be the name of my occult bookstore. <laughs> there's a, quite a bit of those in LA but that's a whole other story dude uh, we're reaching a new age the age of the Aquarius the wholesome uh, occult yeah the age of Aquarius more like some shit like that alright alright drink so, it it's beer anyway. Rom's pursuit of the wraith spills over to earth where some continue to hide of course, with Rom Space Knight being a Marvel title, the Space Cyborg's exploits occasionally got him entangled with other Marvel characters such as the X-Men, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage, and even led to an encounter with Galactus. Holy uh, shit. Back that's on pretty his planet cool. Galador, which is that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I yeah. love the I love that. It's um, cool and it's also very interesting that Marvel Marvel I mean, Marvel and DC both do this and have done it for a long time, but the crossover aspect of those big companies and how this character wasn't necessarily conceived, right, as a piece of the Marvel Universe, but just so happened that he played a role in it, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was... This was part of the Marvel Universe to begin with and um, connected with all that shit, man. Yeah, yeah. There's a cover with him fighting Wolverine. Okay, oh, so Stefan is going to read this part. Take it away, Stefan. <clears throat> he is a space knight, lord of the Soul Star Order, one of their most powerful knights. The evil Wraiths fear him more than all others, earning him the nickname Wraith Slayer. He has hounded them and kept them underground for centuries. He alone could wipe them off the face of existence. He is Rom. Lord of the Soul Star Order, Rom the Wraith Slayer, Rom the Space Knight. Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah, we'll put some music behind there. Yeah. <laughs> Rom, coming to theaters this summer. <laughs> I love it. Let's uh, go, uh, baby. It's awesome, man. Uh, I love how metal comics are, or they can <laughs> yeah. be, at least. So he <laughs> seems to be fully part of the Transformers universe as well, and that's because I guess he's part of Hasbro now. Uh, more uh-huh. on that later. But uh, there's And there's always been a lot of crossovers um, in, in, in Marvel, of course. But also, uh, it seems... Oh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. There were... Um, the Transformers were also part of the Marvel universe of in, uh, initially as well. So... Uh, even back in the day, I think that there was... I guess they thought, well, he's a robot. Let's put him in with the other robots. You know, it's uh-huh. the 80s. Uh-huh. So, uh, so yeah, that, I think that's why that happened. And um, Bill Mantlo, we're going to talk about this guy a little bit more in a minute, but um, this guy really elevated the character with having a great space opera backstory mm-hmm. for Rom. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I have here is it says... Uh, is a guy from the planet Galador, a utopia filled with beautiful women and beautiful people and high technology. They run afoul of the dire race, a vile race of genocidal magic-wielding shapeshifters. Imagine the scrolls if they weren't bumbling idiots. 
to defend Galador from the wraiths, some of the planet's citizens volunteer to become cyborg warriors called Speaksnakes. Undergoing this process means they must leave some portion of their human forms behind. Their penis. Held in stasis until the war is over and they can be restored to their full <laughs> human forms. We will unfreeze your penis as soon as the galaxy is safe. <laughs> Dude, this Got is it. some genius shit from Mantlo. He sees yeah. a robot that he likes and he's like, this this whole thing about sacrificing your human body for the out of a sense of duty for war. Right. That bro, Mantlo cracked the code on that one. That is <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, it could have been just some bullshit yeah. robot toy, yeah. but then he writes this. Come on, dude. That's it's ridiculous. not just pointy ears and three claws, you know. When we, yeah, you make it about sacrifice, sacrifice and duty. It's a deeper. Sorry to stop everything. Halt the keep tracks, going, but going. it's a deeper look at kind of what's going on with the Silver Surfer, Norn Rad, Galactus, and stuff. It's a little bit deeper dive into that kind of like idea of sacrificing one's humanity for like a greater good i love it's, silver surfer by the way man yeah oh hell oh, yeah. god um anything that deals with that the kind of real deep space shit that he mm-hmm. goes into love it all right anyway um and if you'll notice silver surfer has no dick so it seems as though <laughs> you're the bringing price <laughs> the real price the humanity that is in quotes is seems to be they freeze your dick for a while anyway save the world you get it back all right rom could also be trippy as hell mantlo took his rom stories in all kinds of bizarre directions the diarrhea's shape-shifting abilities created lots of creepy conspiracy stories as little by little it was revealed how many corporations and government agencies <laughs> had been infiltrated by aliens and human form. <laughs> Since the diarrhea also used magic powers, Badlow could get really weird. Haunted houses, alien lizard creatures, human... Wearing space knight armor, hybrid human alien <laughs> kids, die. <laughs> Doctor Strange dream sequences, all fair game, and a solid chunk. <laughs> a solid chunk of the series was illustrated by Zelbuzima. To be honest, he phones it in in a few battles if he chooses. But he could also draw up some incredible scenes of space <laughs> energy with fire morphing aliens. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, 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 man. Oh, does your throat hurt? <laughs> I think I'm fine. So, uh, moving on from kind of the basic info there, we can't really get into the cartoon because there never was one made Boo. for Rom. The closest thing we ever got was this one appearance on Robot Chicken. And let's listen mm-hmm. to that right now. So, Stefan, if you want to cue that up. Yeah. All right, so this is the robot chicken that they did for Rom the Space Knight. Um, I think they did, I think this is the only one, and this is really the only animation that we ever got. Of so, Rom the Space for, Knight. for Rom Space Knight, at least so far. So, anyway, three, two, 
One, start. Rom, Space Knight, a warrior made of solid metal. He's beaten the galaxy's <laughs> toughest man? villains. I have not Who seen this. Foe in every way it's cool he at least did this. Jim, yeah. A guy with a giant <laughs> magnet. Come in. No. Come on. Nuh-uh. Chicken, you are. Rom, space chicken. Mature. Yeah, your mom was mature last night. What? Ditter. I'll teach you. <laughs> yeah, teach this. Ditter. What has he done now? <laughs> I didn't need it anyway. Oh, oh Rami, it's on my magnet. <laughs> you suck. That's what your mom said. <laughs> she did not. My mom was a saint. <laughs> Saints suck. <laughs> Saints suck. suck. Oh my god. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, 40 seconds of fucking ROM animation. War, uh, yeah, ROM animation that we've ever gotten. That was great. I mean, it's <laughs> That fine. was funny. But the, yeah. it does not do justice, obviously, to the, uh, the, uh, the images. I mean, if you Google fucking ROM and the comic book images and stuff, they're amazing. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot more that could be done that was never done. For sure, but it, yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's fine. It's fine. It's robot chickens. What they do. Yeah. Uh, but damn, the character looks cool. Yeah, Rom. He always had a pretty cool look. Um, so Stefan, let's get into the section that I think you like the most, maybe since you're the hot package guy. Hell yeah! And that is the toys. Yes, figures, figures. <laughs> I love action. action figures. Don't call them dolls. They're f action figures. Yeah, they're not. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it's, what I was uh, going to say. It's not. You know, I don't. You know, I don't. You know, I'm just sitting there playing with them or anything like that when I'm not playing with them. But they don't comb their hair. You do you fucking know, karate moves, man. Yeah, right. You know, like I got a figure over here. Chop a board in half. Anyway, jumping kicks and <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, so we, even though there never was a ROM cartoon, it did, I think, all start out with the toy. So let's listen to a commercial from the 80s. 1979. Oh, 79, 79. It says, which is crazy, toys in the 70s. What a wild time. That's like a golden age. Anyway, we're usually age. in the like 80s and 90s, guys, but this is yeah, late yeah. 70s. Yeah. All right, anyway. so three, two, one start this is rom the space knight you can imagine he comes from another galaxy with his flashing neutralizer activate rom you can imagine he has rockets to blast into space and a translator that communicates with lights and sounds you can even imagine his respirator lets him breathe in any atmosphere rom comes with the three plug-in accessories shown nine volt battery not included Rum, the Space Knight, an electronic toy new from Parker Brothers. Like this definitely effects. would be something I'd get. Yeah. Really? I think, and maybe it's just because it's the 70s, but I don't think I would buy a figure that had this little articulation. This. Oh, kind I of mean, if I was, at, if it was size. at that age at the time. Yeah, maybe if I was younger, for sure. Rom, and the, is this the first time we've ever seen Rom? I uh, think, but then again, yeah. I don't know, man. I need Parker Brothers. I, I couldn't find that in the in the research. Uh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. maybe I should l l do a little bit deeper, but um, I don't know if that came out before or after the comics, actually. Yeah, yeah. It it definitely you know like like earlier you were saying like riding the this property riding the wave of like Star Wars popularity and like sci-fi toys and stuff becoming bigger. Yeah. Um. Uh. What was I saying? It's 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 interesting to see. Like, what am I trying to say? Sorry. Uh, 
Okay, I found it. I, yeah. it the, 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 the American comic book premiered in December of 79. So the toy might have come out just a little bit earlier. Or maybe they both came out that Christmas. I'm not right. I'm not sure, but it was definitely both 79. Yeah. If I was a little kid, I would definitely have probably wanted this. And it was probably huge, too. There probably wasn't many toys like that. Um are, are there is there a split in the in the action figure community as far as uh, like do some people not care about articulation or, or is it pretty much across the board I, that everybody wants articulation? Yeah, I can't. That's that's what gets me about this kind of figure. And like, I like older figures. It's like I can't imagine wanting to play at something that you couldn't like pose in a cool way. Right, 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 right. Because. I had, a, again, to go back to my childhood and playing toys, me and my friend Jerry would, like, come up with these huge, elaborate, like, mythologies with our figures and our characters. And then his cousin would come over and play with us, and he'd be like, hey, friend, want to fight? Clack, 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 clack. You know what I mean? It was just, like, so primitive and uninspired, the way that his approach to it. So, you know, I feel like that's the only thing you could do with a toy like this where that doesn't really move. It's got... What one, two, three, four, maybe five points of articulation, um, and that's like a probably like a kitschy thing. But I think that would even for seventy nine, that's kind of like primitive. It feels to me like remember when Superhuman Samurai figures came out? It was like a cheap hunk of plastic. It was just like and you press a button and it made like a sound or whatever. I don't anyway. remember that all that much. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to knock this toy specifically as such, but to answer your question. Yeah, I think for my from my perspective, like a decent amount of articulation for me, it's like it's like Kenner in nineteen ninety some nineteen ninety two or whatever, or Toy Biz. I think you know knocked it out of the park. Bend at the knees, bend at the waist, uh, uh, swivel on the waist, bend at the shoulders, bend at the elbows, turn at the head. Perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Right, right. And for me, that was that definitely a huge thing. I would not buy something that just. You know, I have a few figures. Kenner Kenner actually did their figures only did have five points of articulation, I think, for a lot of their series, but they did good sculpts that already made it seem like they were in a dynamic pose. Right. So, so so those aren't so bad like Batman and I have a steel uh Shaquille O'Neal steel figure that I, <laughs> oh that I really love that I absolutely love. I've never seen the movie, but I love the figure. Anyway, um, but my favorite figures were always those Toy Biz X-Men figures because they were able to like really uh, hone in on the on the points of articulation to get a lot of good expression out of it. And I feel like as a kid, even I was thinking like I need that amount of expression to have a good time to make a good story. Whereas my friend's cousin would come over and just be like, "Hi, buddy, you let's battle," <laughs> you know, and just like get out of here. What's wrong with you? You know, right? Did you, did you read a book? but uh but anyway not to knock this toy at all but that's it's reminiscent of 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 being a kid and like discerning between you know what a good toy was a cool toy and a not cool toy and uh, you come into conflict with this with mcfarlane toys because they look real good but they're not super posable those Um, are just basically uh you know yeah. sculptures for your desk right but early on because that's the thing McFarlane's good at that he's good at being able to kind of like see what's ahead and he knew yeah. collectors are going to buy that shit up they were you know he he NECA would not be around today if it was for McFarlane right um, but anyway but anyway the early spawn toys were a little bit more like the toy biz thing and blah 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 but it's just the way it's all evolved I could talk about it forever 
um, <laughs> um, I think as a, maybe in the seventies, I might have bought this figure, but if I had known any better, I probably wouldn't have even been interested in ROM based on this figure alone. Right. Um, All right. Well, but, I mean, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not in love with it, but, uh, I'm just saying if I was like six, seven, eight, yeah. <laughs> hell maybe 12 who yeah. knows like and it, <laughs> in 79 i might have been into it but yeah now now it's not something i would get at all right uh, and and it's and it's the thing is, is it's now reminiscent of figures that are coming out now i don't know if you've been in the toy aisle lately at a target or walmart or something no but the toys that they're selling kids these days that aren't the 20 dollar marvel legend or whatever are fucking hunks of junk man they're pieces of shit <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, let me tell you how I really feel. The they got these fucking like tall figs or big figs they call them. I think of Thor, Captain America, five points of articulation. They're like, you know, they they're like a foot and a foot and a foot and four inches or something like that. They're like really tall and they just don't like. What are you gonna do with that? You can make them hug. You can make them hug. You can't <laughs> even pose them on your desk. They're too big to just shove away somewhere, and they're big hollow pieces of plastic. And then the like the the eight dollar to six dollar range of figures is is just you know again five points of articulation but just a smaller version. It's like they're really jipping kids nowadays in terms of toys. Like just put if you put two more points of articulation in those lower end figures, kids would be interested in buying action figures these days. And the only people that are sustaining the industry are adults because those figures are good, but they the price point is like you know. Yeah, I have a job. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm getting on this whole tirade, but I just think toys are a really beautiful fucking thing. And this ROM figure is awesome in terms of history and the way that it's come out. And actually, I, I kind of would want one now just to have in a... In a Piece of history in, type of thing? Yeah, exactly, totally. But it's definitely not something I would want. Because you see figures like this now, it's definitely not something I think I would want in 1980. And... Uh, I don't know. Hard to say, really. But anyway, that's my diatribe on the whole fucking thing. <laughs> All right. I mean, there's a whole right conversation on. because... Yeah. Uh, Thanks for indulging me for there for a minute. Do kids even like action figures it's, and they just get an iPad shoved in their face when they're three yeah. years old? You know, it's if like I, it's a bigger conversation yeah, to yeah. have. If I, can ever, if I can ever get the time one day, I want to do a line of figures that kids want to buy and for that ripe age where it really stimulates the imagination. You know, kids want them, adults want them too. Toys yeah. of the future. <laughs> Wait until uh, augmented reality and action figures come into play. You could have whole play sets, dude. Whole worlds that your figs are in. <laughs> Fuck that. Anyway, yeah, whole other conversation. Let's get back to ROM. I love ROM. All right. So back to ROM. Uh, I love ramen. As you can hear at, in the commercial, this was a Parker Brothers. This was a Parker Brothers action figure, and that was rare for them. Because they mainly did board games. This might have been their first action figure, as far as I can tell. So, well, yeah, um, that would that would make sense. This was common at the time too, uh, where they created the toy first. This happened with Transformers and uh -huh. a bunch of other stuff, right? And you like build, you build the you build a story around it to kind of get it make it pop. Exactly. So they made the story after the fact. Yeah. And and thanks to Bill Mantlo, it was actually a good one. So then. Uh, the ROM was sold to Parker Brothers, and then the toy was originally named COBOL, that's C-O-B-O-L, after the programming language. COBOL. Touch <laughs> yeah. me. Early or Play late 70s fucking me. computer programming languages. <laughs> yeah. 
and then later <laughs> changed to ROM, you know, after CD-ROM, read-only memory, yeah, by Parker Brothers executives. So I got to say, they did the right, the, the executives did the right move, probably. Yeah, smart move, it seems like. Definitely. ROM, it's just like a buzzword at the time, for sure. That flies... No it's contest. much easier, right? And then there, and then, and then from there to like conceptualize the type of mythology that surrounds this character at that point is like, you know, these guys are heavy hitters. This is Mark McGuire over here. We're <laughs> yeah. talking fucking million dollar home runs, <laughs> or whoever's heavy hitting right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything That's about like baseball. Fifteen years ago, bro. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you and your sports balls. Sammy anyway. Sosa. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh. The toy set a precedent for the game publishing company, which up until that time had only ever produced board games, as we said before, uh-huh. as this was a new venture for the company. And given that electronic toys were still a very new, were still very new, a decision was made to produce the figure as cheaply as possible. As a result, the final product had very few points of articulation. And twin red LEDs served as ROM's eyes instead of originally envisioned green, mm. which were more expensive to produce. That was actually a lucky, a happy accident there, because this toy, if it was green, it would not have the same kind of punch, I think. Yeah, silver and green, it's okay. Like, silver it, gets along with yeah. everything, pretty much. But silver and red, there's something special about that, right? There's, there's Somehow there's, like, identity behind the red, you know? Like, green yeah. would just be, like, a drone. It would just be, like, every other fucking robot, you know? But the red, you, you know, you red... associate with, like, the red LED look has a certain look. Yeah, and I think, I think like, red eyes you would associate as being like an evil kind of character or whatever but in this case the uh i think the design of the the character itself and those red eyes just really kind of resonates really well because it re- more than anything when you're looking into that faceplate of rom it looks like you're looking into a computer where everything really kind of matches up right and right, I, right. I, I i can oh, see that now yeah. you say that they probably wanted green because that was what a monochrome exactly yeah totally I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it seems like that and so by happy accident i think by being this like warrior type character the red really gives it the attitude it needs and it's it's like that's like the most subtle thing it's crazy but it works yeah so there's a lot of happy accidents having happening with this character yeah ain't life about just those happy accidents hell yeah boy i know what you're saying oh look there's an extra tecate who would have known how many tecates (laughs) enough enough (laughs) i had a beer or 12 all right. <laughs> Not long after its debut, Rom appeared in the corner box of the cover of Time magazine in Dece- December 10th, 1979 issue. It was featured in the interior article, Those Beeping Thinking Toys, which decried Rom's lack of articulation and predicted mm. it would end up among the dust balls under the playroom, playroom like sofa. I said. Yeah, like I said. <laughs> I am fucking mincing words on this, man. There's definitely, yeah. It was like, even back in the day, there was like an, uh, up until like the late 60s, you could tell like a cheaply made, Chinese made, Taiwanese toy from something that, well, they're all made in China and Taiwan, don't get me wrong. But, (laughs) you know, you could tell something that would have captured the imagination as opposed to something that was just really kind of like standard. And so that seems like Time Magazine. See, I'm, you know, I'm not alone here. And I'm yeah, even they knew just as smart as Time Magazine. 
Yeah. <laughs> Stefan, just as smart as Time Magazine. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. All right. So, anyway, cut to 2017 at San Diego Comic Con. A new action figure of ROM was released for, for the convention at Hasbro, to- HasbroToyShop.com in limited quantities as part of the IDW revolution. Set alongside figures of Jetfire, Roadblock, Action Man, mm-hmm. Leoric, as we said before. Yeah. From Visionaries. And characters from Micronauts. And uh, even a dire... I guess they should have said this earlier, but uh, a dire wraith from from rom from rom and then itself, yeah. matt tracker from mask which we'll also get to yeah. in another and, episode and this this particular comic-con for toys like toys are really having like a really nice little renaissance right now and this particular comic-con package is is fucking choice man we you know the visionary figure that's in this has like a foil sticker on it but it's still a cool figure but that they included rom and that the only other toy that rom has been uh, made in is the is the first one obvi- or i think is what we said um so it's really cool cuz so you finally do get the version of rom that could be a little bit more fun to play with or pose and and this this package in particular this comic con ex- exclusive i think is going to be like in terms of for toy collectors it's like going to be one of those holy grail like legendary items in years to come you know whether or not whether or not this this hasbro verse even even hits you know yeah and like when we mentioned the idw revolution i think that's all them trying to figure out how the movies were going to work in comic book form they're really trying to experiment even well it's only a year ago but even probably before that and uh and i like like that they're all they're trying they're really trying to make this work and uh i i think it's cool man and 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 all the exclusive figures at Comic-Con. I just got one at Power Morphicon this weekend, and it's great. Yeah, nice. At conventions, yeah. are, it's great It's great for for appealing to the hardcore fandom. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and who so, doesn't love that? Exactly. So, uh, back to the ROM toy. I did, I did look on eBay, and um, the original toy from 1979 goes from anywhere from 100 bucks to 200 bucks depending yeah. on its condition. Uh, and that makes, I guess, sense because yeah. it's a niche item and it's, it is it yeah. is from 79, so it's a while ago. So, yeah. um, And, and d- despite, yeah. its, despite its limitations, it's still, it does really dig itself into that historical aspect, you know, like toy, comic, whatever. It seemed, from what the information we've gotten so far, it seems like it's it, it was a hit, you know, like it hit, really nicely for a niche audience and exactly and that that toy I mean, it would make sense like for a hundred bucks like if i found it i would get it for sure exactly bro even though i'd probably never play with it but it'd be a cool little desk <laughs> item kidding. it would be cool people would be like holy shit is that rom it's like dude fucking nerd yes it's a- <laughs> yeah bro you fucking stupid little robot <laughs> just start headbutting each other <laughs> <laughs> next tune Rose's in next boyfriend? week Tune in next week for our Jetsons deep dive. Oh, God. That's not happening, <laughs> at least currently. Although there is a Jetsons run going on at DC like they did with Flintstones, and I wonder yeah. if it's as deep as the Flintstones one because, man, that I gotta read fucking that Flintstones. ruled. Yeah, okay, I love I gotta it. read that shit for sure. Um, yeah, man, exactly. Yeah, you really should. And speaking of comics, we're going into the comic section now. Uh, we're, we're leaving the toy section. Sorry, Stefan. 
It's fine. <laughs> I do. I do love it. So let's just make it quick. The passion is palpable, dude. <laughs> I love toys, man. I don't know where that's going to lead me, but fucking it's not bad. I got four of the choicest Ninja Turtles on my <laughs> entertainment center right now. So no biggie. Anyway, moving on. All right. So Rom, the Space Knight was actually, is there even a the in it? It's Rom Space Knight. Is it? Was designed okay. as a yeah. toy. And Marvel's comic about it was supposed to be just a throwaway marketing gimmick. Mm-hmm. However, Bill Mantlo, like we said before, uh-huh. made a story about duty and sacrifice. And he also made Rom fall in love with a human and Ooh. took him on fantastic pulp adventures. Damn, that and sucks. His dick is on a whole other planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. And he made something that far outlasted this shitty toy <laughs> right so yeah. that's he really elevated the whole thing yes um, man that's what i'm saying it's really a special thing it already feels this such gizmodo wrote an article a year ago or a couple of years ago entitled rom the space knight or rom space knight might be the best science fiction comic of all time ah oh, <laughs> shit bold statement that's a quite a bold statement but hey, I'm inclined to not be uh, to not say no immediately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm inclined to be not surprised by such a headline. That's a hell of a statement, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's cool. Sounds good to me. I'm ready um, for it. I'm like, this is good. What a great introduction to something that's already making me tingle down below. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I'm just I'm preoccupied mentally here a little bit. No problem. All right, so let's talk about Bill Mantlo real quick, this guy that elevated the whole thing, all right? Uh-huh. He he elevated the whole storytelling of this whole thing of what would otherwise be a one-dimensional character. And right. not to be too much of a bummer, but uh, we got to talk about this guy because his story's worth telling. Uh, he Bill Mantlo was born in 1951. <laughs> He's an Ameri- American comic book writer, primarily at Marvel, best known for... Two licensed toy properties whose adventures occurred in the Marvel Universe, Micronauts and Rom. Okay. He also nice. co created Rocket Raccoon and Cloak and Dagger. Nice. Um, he was also, after somewhere along the line, he became a public defender. He was a lawyer after mm. he started writing comics, too, not before, That's I think. Pretty badass. Because, especially at that time, there's probably not a whole lot of money being made in comics. Yeah. So. Um, this is the bummer part. He was the victim of a hit-and-run accident in 1992. Oh. He's been in institutional care ever since. He Dang. was he was struck by a car while rollerblading. Ooh. Uh, the driver of the car fled the scene, never identified. He suffered severe Fuck. head trauma. And according to his biographer, cartoonist David Yurkovic, in 2006, for a while Bill was comatose. Although mm-hmm. no longer in a coma, the brain damage he suffered in the accident is irreparable. Yeah, dang. Uh, in 2014, Marvel and Disney granted Mantlo a private preview screening of Guardians of the Galaxy, which featured Rocket Raccoon. And uh, Michael, Michael Mantlo said his brother, I guess Bill, uh, was pleased with the adaptation, which credits him as the character's co-creator and enjoy the occasion. So he might be cognizant enough to yeah. know what's going on, 
but still you'll yeah. never be a hundred percent i've i've seen that before like kind of like the ability to react and like yeah absorb without being able to really respond um, yeah yeah exactly that's probably yeah. where well, he's at hot damn man thank you bill yeah talk about a guy that really fucking took it to the next level of something that wouldn't have, yeah really wouldn't have gotten there without him honestly yeah. no one would have given a shit yeah so wow. uh december 2007 in portland oregon the comic book shop floating world comics sponsored space night a tribute to bill mantlow an art show consisting almost entirely of various artists' interpretations of Rom. Cool. This helped to fund Mantlo's care, and they also had in 2010 Space Night 2. So, nice. and he also received the Bill Finger Award in 2014. Nice. Space Night spelled like night, like a night out. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, like a night out. Yes, exactly. Yes, That's I didn't. Cool. I should have said that. Yeah. So Shit, anyway, I want to go to Space Night 3! I know, right? Kind of want to go, man. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of a sad story about him, but uh, at least we can honor his legend here in this podcast yeah. and, and all that stuff. Let's get Rom I mean, going, He's still man. alive, but just Lead the Hasbro-verse with Rom. Let's see it. I know, Marvel's man, dragging that... ass on Silver Surfer. Fucking jump in there. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> all right, so let's get back to the comics part of this whole thing. Idris um, Alba! Rom, yeah. Rom, Rom's part of the Marvel Universe, um, at least initially, but somewhere along the line, he became part of IDW because he became fully part of Hasbro. Okay? So, the comic book outlasted the toy line, or the toy, I guess only one, and uh, the series lasted for 75 issues. I think this is the original run that started in 79, all the way to February of 86. So that's a good seven-year run right there, right? It's pretty good. Nice, yeah. Um, Rom's regular encounters with mainstream heroes and villains established him as part of the Marvel continuity at that time. And uh, Hasbro has him now. So Mm -hmm. on the IDW website for the recent Rom comic reboot, they have this for their synopsis. We've been invaded, and only a space knight can save us. First there was his epic return in this year's FCBD number zero, and now the ongoing tale of Rom begins in earnest. Christos Gage, Chris Ryle, and David Messina kick off the wildest new series of the year as Rom's war with the diorites hits close to home in Earthfall Part 1. Damn those diorites! (laughs) Damn them to hell! That's the reboot uh, synopsis. Uh, I did find on eBay a 34-issue run of the original run for about 31 bucks, so that's less than a dollar a piece, y'all. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Link uh, in comments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, going back to the reboot here, I found some comments like we did on the Visionaries. I did find some comments on some reviews of the comic uh on reddit i really liked it solid story solid art i like that the diorates seem much more powerful it really makes it feel like the odds are stacked against rom also it feels true to the original story in contrast i have no clue what's happening in micronauts 
<laughs> you gotta always build something up and then take somebody else down. That's the nerd way, uh, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, nice. That was fun. All right. Uh, the guy mentioned Macronauts there. We're going to be covering him in, in uh, the next episode, so stay tuned for that, y'all. Um, this uh, Then there was an Amazon reviewer that also had a positive reaction to this reboot comment series. <laughs> he said, I love this series. Kudos <laughs> to IDW for reimagining ROM. It was the first comic book I ever owned way back in the 70s. Back when Marvel was publishing the character, IDW has taken the character and given him the Christos Gage, who has added personality and depth. Along with a sense of honor, making Rom more than just a robot, but a knight! <laughs> Let me read this last one. Okay, go ahead. Phenomenal reboot of a childhood favorite. Oh, God. Yeah, this guy is just totally... Uh, all right. <laughs> I liked it. I might buy the second one. Oh, man. I might, yeah. It's always like a little bit. You got to give it a little bit of shit. It can never be totally... Even though you're a total nerd about it, you're never totally into it. Like, it's always like... Ugh, tapered. It's measured when it shouldn't be. Um, anyway, all right. All right, so we've been talking about Rom, this superhero that was at Marvel and now at Hasbro, IDW. So what the fucker is powers, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I'm already, so I'm already in, but yeah, I'm already hard, but shit. Rom's armor was composed of the Galadorian metal Plandanium. It is extremely durable, even going so far as to stand up to Wolverine's adamantium claws. It was shown to be damaged from time to time, demonstrating that the Plandanium is not indestructible. The armor had self-repair capabilities, though it took several weeks to repair major damage. It provided him with superhuman strength, flight, and the ability to travel through space via backpack rockets. It allowed him to breathe in any atmosphere and survive the vacuum of space. In space night form, Rom also did not need to eat or sleep Controls near the torso allowed Rom to lower the armor's temperature to well below zero. The armor stored a solar charge. The armor stored a solar charge that could be used as a weapon and could drain power sources by mere contact. It gave him the ability to summon three pieces of equipment stored in subspace. Plandanium. <laughs> Plandanium? Nice. I don't know how you Plandanium. say that. Plandanium. Unobtainium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's still my favorite. That's, oh God. They put it in the movie. That's great. Anyway. I know. Yeah, they went. They they went. They went all the way with it. So anyway. the time, like I, space light form, dude. He does like a little transformation. I love that. Cool. That'll always get me. Yeah. Um, definitely. Space night form. Uh, Rom. He's got also, cruiser mode and fucking battle mode. Yeah, I, I I like that. That's awesome. So apparently in that form, he didn't eat or didn't need to eat or sleep. Uh, so wait, he needed to eat and sleep as just regular Rom. You know what? I guess so. <laughs> Damn it, we gotta fucking. We need to read this shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I haven't read it either, but I'm like super down, and I am very familiar, like in a cult, comic book cultural kind of way, with the image of the character and stuff like that. It always just seemed like a you know like a Star Trek thing, like a thinking man's kind of thing. And when I was younger, reading comic books, it was you know a little bit more about the pulp at the time. 
So I always thought I always thought it was like a brainiac type of comic. Uh, in a lot of ways it is, but it seems like now at this it seems age more I'm like, pulpy, this, man. Yeah, I'm like this is the cool shit right here. It's a callback to some pulp shit to me is what it seems like. Yeah. So anyway, there were controls near the torso that allowed Rom to lower the armor's temperature to well below zero. Mm-hmm. The armor stored a solar charge that could mm-hmm. be used as a weapon and could drain power sources by mere contact. Cool. It gave him the ability to summon three pieces of equipment stored in subspace. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably a whole other conversation right there, the subspace yeah. part. It's something to do with hyperspace. It seems like there is an aspect of this character that still has some kind of connection to its humanity or whatever. Uh, right, right, right. You oh, know, yeah, for it, it seems like he can go back to being human at some point. So Yeah, for it to be like him having to even change the temperature of the the armor or the limitations that are applied to like his her, her superhero superpowers. I mean, there's obviously limitations, but there's also yeah. like he's he's kind of a robot just temporarily. He was originally a human, yeah. and that whole thing makes it more interesting to me. Yeah. So there's still something in within, you know. That's, that's right, not right, all right. computer. It's not all like, you know, the that's what makes the character compelling is that it's not like this soulless, just kind of like I'm gonna save you kind of thing. You know? Right. And whatever he eats, whenever he's a non-space knight robot form i have no idea maybe that's explained in the comics uh anyway all right so moving on to the moving on from comics into the movie portion uh just like the just like visionaries this is all planned to be part of the hasbro verse the hcu the hasbro cinematic universe and they've even gotten zach penn on board to be the screenwriter this guy did ready player one and he also did um last action hero he sold that script when he was like 23 or something wow nice (laughs) yeah he was one of the youngest hottest screenwriters at that time because he got you know it was like early 90s or mid 90s Schwarzenegger like whenever he was in like real prime time you know so this Zach Penn and he did Ready Player One recently which was pretty good you know not the best thing ever but it was very competent you know very competent screenwriter screenplay yeah Yeah. and he also I think we mentioned this on the podcast at one point before but he also was in he did a movie with Werner Herzog a mockumentary um, comedic mockumentary called The Incident at Loch Ness. Oh, I kind of um, want to see that. Which he also acts in, and it's really funny. It's a really good little kind of like, you know, if you got if you catch it at some time, it's really worth a watch. Um, All right. That's how I became familiar with him, and then I think he's also had some involvement with like the X Men universe and stuff. So he's, he's been, been around, pretty, man. Yeah, he's been around for sure. For them to tap in for this guy, it's 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 like yeah. wow, you guys are not you're not fucking around. That'd be cool. It'd be really cool to see what becomes of a rom film. I'm super excited about that. Right. So also, like we said before, James Gunn apparently loves rom and Kevin Smith as well. It seems like a lot of people that read the original comics really do love this series, this character, mm-hmm. and uh, it seems to have been kind of like this, you know beloved little gem little hidden gem of a of a series uh during its initial publication uh but james gunn did say that the movie will not be without its problems and when i first read this i thought it was going to be something to do with 
you know, the story, like the story itself was broken or something, uh-huh, uh-huh. but it's actually not that. It's yeah. it's this. He says, I don't know this because this is the problem. Rom, the story, is owned by Marvel Comics. So the diorates, you know, all that story is owned by Marvel Comics. The character and the toys are owned by Paramount. So you can't have both. Now, you can't have the Space Knight at Marvel, and you can't have the Space Knights without the story. What always interested me was more the story of the Space Knights, people who gave up their humanity to save up their people who gave up their humanity to save their planet was always very interesting to me. So there may be something to do with that, but it won't be with Rom. <laughs> That's good. I don't know. That's, That's uh, what James, James Gunn sounds to me in my head. Sort of normalish. Actually, yeah, He's got I a can imagine he normal does. Voice, but uh, his, the, this quote is pretty. I uh, put a little stank on it. Stereotypically nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And I found um, this on Reddit as well concerning but hold on. the rights. Before, like, before oh, we move ahead, on, ahead. it's interesting what he has to say too because it seems like in that statement he's a smart enough guy that he's like dropping kind of hints to be like if you're going to approach this, like maybe focus on the bigger aspect as opposed to just the singular character itself, it seems like is what he's saying. I mean, I just, it's tough. You know, the like space if they do, Knights, it'll be another Guardians of the Galaxy type of thing where it'll be, if they take just the Space Knights... You're right. Then, then, then that'll be like, what you call it, like ensemble kind of, and an ensemble like very, very hidden gem uh, of a property, and they'd have yeah. to kind of have that kind of like treatment again, yeah. which is fine. I'm sure they could do it. They got all the money in the fucking world, so yeah, they could just throw but, out the best yeah. screenwriters so, and like make something. Yeah, it's either that or like you know like because it doesn't seem like there'd be enough money behind it for Paramount and Marvel to make a deal the way Sony did, you know, for this property. So it would be like, or I don't know, maybe Marvel could just as easily just give their consent, maybe, and have like a some kind of credit or some kind of marketing deal. I don't know, but yeah, how do you do make a ROM movie without ROM, dude? <laughs> well, they're making a joker movie without batman so (laughs) (laughs) yeah the sky is the limit yeah exactly that's what i'm saying it's like so what it seems like to me is james gunn is just saying like he's kind of like if i were to make this movie i'd kind of come from this angle the name though if they made a movie called space knights bro yeah i'm already in like, right, that's what I'm saying. Space knights and then the dire wraiths or the bad guys and the shit. The name sells itself, bro. You could compound on, you know, the 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 more mainstream public's idea of what this universe is like, um, you know, while incorporating the things that make Rom so good right. in the comics. You know what I mean? Because if there's this type of speed bump, it have to. You'd have to. I feel like you would have to approach it from an angle of it being like a new IP or whatever they call it nowadays, a new you know right. franchise or whatever. And Space Knights. Speaking of speaking of IP, awful, I was you know I was at a Star Wars panel at Comic Con like two or three uh-huh. years ago. Uh-huh. It was for like the fucking Force Awakens, I think. This is years oh. ago at this oh, wow. point. Yeah. And in Hall H, this fan ass uh, something about an IP with Star Wars, and J.J. Abrams said to the guy at mm-hmm. the panel. You know, if we thought this, if we thought of this in terms of being an IP, we probably shouldn't be making Star Wars. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's so old so... and businesslike. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Holy fucking shit. 
Yeah, he told. I was there. I heard it from from his fucking JJ. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. But it's so true. You know, it's a lot of nowadays. It's it's so hard to get an uh, uh, an original property off the ground to a certain degree. Like Robert Kirkman has put in years at image comics and you know all we really have in terms of like movies entertainment stuff is walking dead but he has a bunch more and he's got a bunch more and they're gonna they're looking to do an invincible movie which i live and swear by invincible is such a great comic series so good robert kirkman but you know he's been there for years and put that work and put that time in to get to the point where they're now just considering maybe making movies based on his properties you know Right, right, right. All right, so back to the Reddit guy. Uh, he said, <laughs> actually, this is not really that funny of a quote, so I'll just probably much read it straight. Dire Wraiths were mentioned in the original Parker Brothers toy material, so Hasbro owns the name. Dire Wraiths, the name, I guess is what he's trying to say. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They look completely different in the new series, though. I guess the new series is the reboot comic series that they're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So, anyway... This whole thing, again, like we said in the beginning, and this whole series is about a deep dive into the potential Hasbro-verse, the Hasbro Cinematic Universe that they're working on, and they're going all the way into this shit. They want to make several, several movies with all this stuff. Um, So unlike the Visionaries episode that we had, there is no reaction to a cartoon because there isn't one. There was never yeah. a ROM cartoon. Yeah. We're so, just going to read through issue one and react to panels. I thought about that. I, dude, I actually <laughs> thought about that. But I, could, I, wanted, I wanted to find the original, and Comixology <laughs> doesn't have it. You know, so, <laughs> all right, yeah. It would have been a fun thing to be able to put voices to or whatever, but I don't know, maybe more trouble than it's worth at this point. Since we don't have a cartoon to react to, we're just going to go into the thoughts and pitches. So we wanted to th- talk about. So, Stefan, how would you make a ROM movie? Um, I think you know, in a perfect world, you could find some kind of deal where Marvel would let you use the ROM name, and ROM would be ROM the Space Knight, ROM the Wraith Slayer. You know, you'd you'd have to, but. I like I was saying about James Gunn's quote and stuff like that. Maybe like, maybe pare it down a little bit, or maybe even do like kind of like a prequel version of it, where it is the Space Knights prior to Rom coming and kind of being showing you know whether or not it can stand the test of you know the modern audience and and whether or not it'll be a hit. So do like a Space Knights prequel where you have a lot of the stuff that really made Rom good. Um, but but as like kind of a precursor to that, so maybe subtly pushing into that, and and by by doing that, you know, you can you can you know, Rom as we know him, he looks a certain way and react and changes a certain way and has certain powers. But who's to say the other space knights, quote unquote, don't have differentials to the design of their you know their abilities and their costume or whatever their their space knight armor. So you could elaborate on that a little bit more, and that could be really fun to me, I think, to have like maybe like a team of three to four space knights that were on some kind of mission to fucking fuck up some dire wraiths. And that would be a whole that would be a whole prequel movie. I, yeah, like yeah, maybe a prequel, I think it'd be a if, if Marvel I was thinking this earlier, like I think Marvel there's no reason Marvel shouldn't be doing 
more high quality animated films right now, which I think would be cool. And this would be a really cool thing to maybe launch would do like a Marvel animation uh, department where they're teamed with Hasbro to create the toys for it. You would fucking marry. I'm sure they could do something like that because they already have the Marvel legends and everything. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be too, it's a Marvel property and we can cross it over later or whatever, whatever, but do a fucking ROM, the space Knight animated film, do it in my heart of hearts and like the most ideal way do it like a fucking Ralph Bakshi 80s fire and ice fucking, you know, a little higher quality, but that same kind of 80s aesthetic animated style that'd really be, appeal. That'd be amazing, man. Yeah, really appeal to the retro audience. Get somebody great for the voice of ROM. Really inject it with personality. Draw from the comic books. Start an animation wing. Do some great toys. Um that's how I would do a ROM movie, honestly. Um, but if you couldn't work yourself around those licenses, I think rolling with like a live action Space Knights movie could open the door to just being able to kind of create this new and original IP, but also it you're you're still allowed to draw from the mythology of what made the ROM character so good. So you have two options there, and I think one is better than the other. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I would just go straight into ROM. I've, you definitely need the Space Knights in there. It sucks that they're all separated. Um, but I think really it hinges upon, like, you need to see him as, a, apparently, you know, before he's a robot. I think it's incredibly important. Right, that you spend the transformation, the first, for sure. You need to have a skinny Steve long section of <laughs> I want to save the day! But I these mean, like, people as far are as, like, dying. That's what he sounds like. That's what Rom sounds like. <laughs> these people are dying, and I'm, I'm a hero. No, I don't know if many people would <laughs> see that. But I, I'm, I'm talking about like <laughs> in Captain America one. They spent a, quite a long time with Skinny Steve. Yeah. So right. I think yeah, that that's amount, what I'm. That amount of time with him as a human form. That's what I'm right. saying. And then you get Keith David who comes in there as the voice of Rom. <laughs> Actually, be, like, that'd be really great. That would he's be good. like. Um, <laughs> how does he sound? He's like, <laughs> don't, uh, damn, da- uh, no, no, that's too racist. Say I'm uh, going to take, <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm going I try- to destroy some dire race or something yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> take it away, Stephen. I'm going to destroy, I'm going to destroy some dire wraiths. This is an injustice to the galaxy. No, it could be better. Keith David, I think, would be my pick for the voice, but it could be better. I don't do. I do a good Keith David from uh, Requiem for a Dream. I, I know it's pretty, baby, but I didn't take it out for air, something like that. But you know, Rom, I think you'd be good for it. He did Spawn, kind of coming from that angle, but now he's a robot, so he's a little more. I think we all know Keith and, David's best role ever is mm. <laughs> "There's Something About Mary." The bathroom's that way, and he's already he's already headed that way. <laughs> He's fucking Mary's dad, remember? <laughs> yeah. That's a deep cut. I totally forgot about that Deep shit. cut, baby. Bathroom's that way. Oh, God. I love Keith Day in that movie, dude. I fucking do, too. Fucking so good. He's great. Woogie, get Willie, out. what? What? Woogie. Oh, get God. out of my head. He's the best to spawn. Get out Keith of my David. head. Keith David fucking rules. Um, yeah. He'd be my voice for Rom. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's. I don't actually. I'm not like sure. That. I'm glad you had an answer, man, because I don't really know who the fuck I'd have voice. But I do think, as far as like a either whole him or like you know my top choice, my choice, uh, pretty much always throw in Idris Elba. Just throw him in there. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, 
I, I, he, I just he want him to be human at first. Robot, Let's get a good idea rom. of who he is, human, and then and then he goes on this huge adventure, and he's pretty much faceless, but you can still, yeah, through the drama of the, of everything, yeah, you can Would you, yeah. you can still see what's on his face, and maybe you can add expressions to the red LEDs in his lights a little bit. It would bit. be like you know some what embe- you'd have some to embellishes do. Some flourishes to those lights. Yeah, I would make this suggestion to Hasbro versus Paramount, or whoever is going to end up ultimately making this thing. I would say study mask work from like actors and performers, like body language and stuff. Oh, Power yeah. Rangers, even Power Rangers, even. Yeah, there's a lot you of could, that actually. Yeah, you could evoke a lot of this character's emotion through the body language, uh, as opposed to just relying on like some type of facial animation or the eyes maybe moving Wally style. You, you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. even even Eva, Eva, or whatever. You know, you could Eva. kind of have a you could you could have a mix of the two where the red eyes, Rom's red eyes, are kind of animated Spider-Man style or something like just subtly, and as well as the body language. I think you could get a lot out of it, especially if it's 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 really trippy or heady at times. You know, you could get a real Doctor Strange kind of pathos going, and Keith David will come in and be like. You know, this is not right. These diorates need to go because I'm a space knight. and <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But, you know, it's going to be really good once these motherfuckers. It'll be hard R. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, hard move on R. before no, I embarrass PG-13's myself. probably fine. <laughs> but I'm honing in on this Keith David, Rom, the space knight uh, voice. If so. Keith David is the voice of Rom, then I maybe, I mean... I know it's two black dudes, but like I just Elba as a space knight, that'd be cool. Right? Yeah, you just do you just do Keith David, but then you add a little bit of a British accent to it, and it's like Rom. The diorates have been here. Oh, I got I it! I got smell. it! Here's the formula. Yeah. Rom, Rom's totally Rom's totally good. I forget the D and D categories here. He's uh, uh, he's lawful good or whatever the fuck it is. Right, right, and right. And then you got the one in the middle is the space knight. He kind of is gray. And uh-huh. the dire, dire, rule, dire wraith is uh, chaotic evil. Okay. Right, uh, right. Uh, I mean, that's very uh, broad strokes there. And they probably yeah, already got no, that covered no, in the original it works. source material. That's, yeah, that's the, the kind of like, what would you even call it? Like the the thematic structure or not even thematic. That's the shit I hone in on, man. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like, but sure, I, the, what they represent, right? I like the chaotic evil and then you have like the middle ground and then you have the totally good. So Rom would be like just kind of like a crusader of sorts, you know? And then like a space knight. So would this space knight be like his liaison to the to because then, then you're kind of running into like an origin story type of deal where you're where you're having some guy. I would know, like, view it as a space knight is um, yeah. maybe he's like a of, rogue, sort of in a bad environment. He's a, he's yeah. a, the space knights are in a bad guy. They're basically bad guys, but I guess maybe That's I'm cool. kind of viewing it as 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 Finn a little bit, like from Star Wars. Yeah, where yeah. He's part of. They're like stormtroopers, but they are a little bit more autonomous i guess uh-huh. and they and then w- the one space knight that that deals with rom is uh, the finn like one but he breaks away from the group uh-huh. but he's not quite as good as finn either uh-huh. but he's he's definitely not quite as bad as the other guy so he's very much in the middle yeah would it be would it be too much of a reach to say that maybe one of the di- maybe the dire wraiths are like kind of an ancient version of the space knights or something like that That'd be cool. 
so there's kind of like you know you're talking about this gray space knight kind of character who's maybe an influence as opposed to being like kind of a teacher or whatever or something something of a like kind of like a leaving the breadcrumbs type of character or manipulator of some sort who you don't really know is good or bad but then you know there's a more de- a deeper mythology where the diaries are are just kind of like an earlier version a more primitive version of this type of um galactic uh enforcer no, i think that's great you can play yeah. with the the long timelines that sci-fi yeah. can allow there's something ancient about it you know and rom is like the new hot shit so the space knight could even be in between somewhere you know what i mean the diorates and, have lived long enough to see them become the villain yeah yeah so um pretty much rounding all this out guys uh i am the more and more research i do on this i am very excited about a new cinematic universe uh and having just you know cooler you know more cool movies to see yeah in the theater you know because right it's, now it's, it's mostly marvel stuff it's just just for variety's sake and to be kind of in the same thing but totally different at the same time so how, how do you feel about all this stefan I, I think it's like, <clears throat> you know, it seems from where I'm standing currently, it seems like just wild enough to work, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, we yeah. were getting into talking about Bumblebee and I've honestly been vehemently opposed, like uh, uh, repulsed by the, the current Transformers films, yeah. but you know, and I like to think I have this sixth sense about trailers and shit. I like to talk about that a lot. But when yeah. I saw Bumblebee, I was like, this is, it looks the same. I get that, but it feels so different. And yeah, when Maddie, you know, last true. episode when Maddie was saying like, I'm not excited about it. I'm like, how could you not be dude? Like this is, you know, <laughs> this is, it's different. It's just, it did, you know, it's like, it could go one way or the other and it's still platinum dunes, but it seems like, you know, in the information age that we're in, they're listening, you know? I think the, so. Even the even guy from did the, the, the from Leica, the guy that did Kubo, man. Yeah, Shit. yeah. That guy's directing yeah. this movie. Fuck yeah, dude! It's gonna be cool. I just I feel like I have like kind of an instinct about it. I th- it looks. I'm excited about it. If anything, you know. And so the Hasbroverse thing, I'm like, if they fucking lead with like a, a Transformers movie that is palpable for, you know, the the because I guarantee you at every convention, true like hardcore Transformers fans do not like those movies. There's, no, they don't no resemble I grew up anything. Loving the shit out of Transformers. Wait, I, that was yeah, my main I didn't. Thing. Yeah, I didn't mean to say you. you know, you or no, anything, I know, but, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm adding to what you're saying. Like, oh, oh, right, I, right. When I, I walk out of the theater years ago seeing Transformers the movie, a movie yeah. I'd always wanted yeah. to see. Yeah. And I just felt let down. I really did. And you know, you everybody knows me. I'm pretty easy yeah. on movies, but with yeah. that, I was just like, what <clears throat> happened here, man? This is just yeah. not right. I like, you know, like a lot of people like to throw around the, you know, like Lucas ruined Star Wars. I hate Star Wars or Disney killed Star Wars. I'm not watching it. But for me, Michael Bay really killed Transformers for me because I've said on the podcast that I like him not. I'd never really liked him so much, but I did like him. I just didn't have a whole lot of him as a kid. I did like him and I was really excited for a Transformers movie, but it just felt like he made a Transformers movie out of like hate for the fact that people wanted a Transformers movie. Like, all right, fine here. It's like going into a restaurant and they're just like, Oh, you want some food? Okay. Hold on. Let me, all right. What? All right. Let me get you some food. You know, it's like, why do you have a restaurant? Why are you making movies? You know, it felt like such a hateful, like a crumpled up, 
piece of tin foil they just threw at you like eh, here's your transformers you fucking it felt so spiteful <laughs> it didn't so, feel like a fan was making it and yeah look, they exactly. were very successful they made four or five films i get it from a yeah. hollywood producer standpoint but as good films yeah you know it's just but, not, and, it's just not it's just not a good they're not good films they're not yeah and and for and bumblebee like i wouldn't probably have called it bumblebee to like lead out that way or whatever but like i guess people are familiar enough to like kind of go there um oh it's a dude it's a household name at this point yeah yeah, yeah people love bumblebee man yeah for sure and and i guess yeah that makes a lot of sense i guess if there wasn't those transformers movies obviously you wouldn't call your first movie bumblebee is what i'm saying i guess but but for them to go in this direction and I it feels know, good. I have, I like, have not heard a single person online yeah. say this is their Iron Man one, but I would yeah. love for it to be if this is a yeah. good movie. That's I think they're kind of waiting SH to see if this is prediction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've, I'm I'm excited about it. I feel good about it, and and I love I I love GI Joe. I'm I'm really into GI Joe. Like in my real life, I'm totally not into like military shit like at all. But yeah. I love GI Joe because of all the characters and the toy history, the video, uh, video games, the toy history, the fucking vehicles, and all the different characters, Snake Eyes, you know, like all of it. I love GI Joe. It's and interesting. It, We're, we got the full like like trifecta or or whatever at uh, at Superhouse because yeah. your main shit was GI Joe's, mine was Transformers, Joey's was. He-Man, and I think yeah. Maddie might have been a little He-Man. No, might have been. I don't yeah. know actually about Maddie. Maddie's but. kind of in the turtle camp there too. I'm I'm the turtle guy. Oh uh, well, Matt, I mean, yeah. well, yeah. I went from Transformers to Turtles. Like, oh right, I see what you're saying. I did both, but as far as like earlier than Turtles, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think once yeah. I got the Turtles, we were all on board, honestly. Yeah, Matt. I don't know if Matt, what Maddie was into then. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, but yeah, uh, for sure. I like. I really love GI Joes. It was like, yeah, that was like right the perfect age when I was like picking them up and I'm like vehicles and weapons. Like, oh god, this is cool. You know, it could be anything. The, Cobra but those, Commander. Those, I love that look, man. Yeah, the mask and shit. Yeah. That sleek mirror mask kind of shit. It was so great. You know, it was all so great. And I've read the comics and stuff. And so, and I, I, I actually love GI Joe so much that I don't hate the movies that they put out. They're not good. But for me, I really enjoy watching yeah, them because I, I like I like those characters. I like, and the second one is dope, man. It's not like dope, like you need to watch that shit. But if you're a fan of GI Joe, and I'm sure every fan of GI Joe has seen it multiple times, it's good. It's like Ray Park as fucking Snake Eyes, and he's fucking killing ninjas on a cliff and shit. It's like, is it's not a good story, but I'm it's making enjoyable. another. I'm making another announcement. I I mean a, a yeah. prediction. Yeah, that guy John Cena is either Mask or GI Joe. Yeah, for sure. They they want to get this started fast, not as fast yeah. as Justice League. Yeah, but I'm sure they'll be like sprinkling in hints, and yeah. Cena seems like a prime target for that kind of thing. He'd be he'd be a good Duke, honestly. He'd really embody a, everything about that kind of Boy Scout soldier, you know, but like amped up, over the top GI Joe style. Um, cause in those movies, they, they wanted to go there for sure. But you know, it was Steven, what's his face? The guy who did the daredevil movie, who did the first one is not Steven tonight. Uh, Steve, I like Steven tonight. Uh, it's, um, the guy who did daredevils, ghost rider. Dude, I don't know, man. I can't grumpy old man. Uh, anyway, that director, Steven something, he did daredevil with Ben Affleck and ghost rider with Nick cage. He also directed the first, 
G.I. Joe movie with, um, who was it? Channing Tatum played Duke. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, so anyway, the, you know, and then the second one, it was mostly like a rock movie is like, I think one of the better rock movies to be completely honest. Nice. Uh, um, and, and, uh, and anyway, so to see John Cena come in and you, he could really, he could really boost that franchise and get it off the ground. You got to, I don't know what you'd have to do to make it pop because for some reason there's no G.I. Joe toys out now. There's no animated series. There's no movie. It's there's dead, no right? Nothing. It's fucking dead. It's dead, right? It's a, it's Fantastic Four right now for Hasbro, really, for this universe. So Wow, that's a nice way to put it. it the, the, their biggest challenge, and I know we're, we need to wrap it out here real quick, for but sure. before we go, the, the their biggest challenge is... A lot of it, other than Transformers and G.I. Joe, a lot of it was super niche. Like, even Mask, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and definitely Micronauts and ROM. So, you you have stuff like their whole cinematic universe is a bunch of Guardians of the Galaxy type shit. It's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's like, yeah. people know Venom, people know Spider-Man, people know even before the movies. Yeah. But, but now they have this, this huge hurdle of trying to get people to follow a whole cinematic franchise based on shit people don't even know people don't even there's no childhoods to ruin because no one gave a shit even then but i mean not many people very niche right so uh not just there are definitely fans especially like we've said like rom has a bunch of fans and yeah and we'll get to the other properties later too but yeah um like it just there's more there's more of a challenge there, I think, than Marvel even yeah. had in the yeah. beginning, because people even knew Iron Man to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, most people did, but uh, but I think that also makes it exciting because it makes it fresher. And uh, even though it is following in Marvel's footsteps, at least it'll be something cool and new, and you know, I don't know, it'll be fun. Yeah, and honestly, from a like kind of a business standpoint, I think by saying like this thing was based on a comic book, you know, like now that really has a lot of weight. Because all the fucking huge movies right now uh, that aren't nominated for Oscars are fucking comic book movies. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We are going to be putting this episode into the Shinfo cast. That's Super House Info cast playlist. We are. Sounds like Shinfo. the Japanese samurai anime or something. Shinfo. I oh, know. We're yeah. so good at branding here, y'all. Fuck yeah, that's, uh, I, I got that shit. Anyway. This currently also has the Visionaries Knights of the Magical Light episode, the Doctor Strange and the Occult episode, and our Top 10 Video Game Conspiracies episode. Nice. And it will also include next week our Micronauts episode. Hint, hint. Well, it's not even a hint. It's giving it away. Uh, our Micronauts episode is the next in this series, and I am very excited for that. Awesome. Uh, I, you know, I didn't really know much about them that much, and mm-hmm. then I did some research, and man, they're really fucking cool. Came out nice. just a little bit before I was born. Um, anyway, we'll get to that next week. So, thanks again, Shasta and Matt Herring, for your Patreon contribution. Thank you, Shasta. You too. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You too can come to patreon.com slash podcast and also throw us a few shekels if you want. And we'll give you a shout out or we have other tiers as well there. And we're also at superhousepod.com. Super, we're at facebook.com slash superhousepodcast. And we're superhousepodcast on 
Superhouse Pod on Twitter and Superhouse Podcast on Instagram. And that might be it for Superhouse. Uh, I am Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter. And pretty much that's how you can find me. Oh, I'm also Thunderwolf Lives on Instagram. And uh, what was your shit again, uh, uh, Stefan? Um, you know, I don't really have much. I'm on Instagram. Uh, my name's Stefan Santa Cruz without the vowels and an F instead of a PH uh, in the Stefan part. Um, if you want to check out some travel photos I had, that's my shit. But uh, honestly, like, I don't know. I'm on Facebook. I'm actually, if you search social windows, I have a page on Facebook where I post like memes and just like odd shit that I find on the internet that doesn't really pertain to either like a lot of the personal uh, people I have in my life or like the superhouse stuff. So it's just like kind of like a miscellaneous odds and ends of things. Sometimes it's like tech futurist, futurist technological articles or something like political or something, some art or something like that. So uh, that page I'd like to get going more. So search social windows on Facebook and um, post a lot of art there and stuff and like photos I find. I didn't even know that. You also post shit on the Superhouse Facebook page a lot, so there yeah, is that. Yeah, for sure. Anytime I find an interesting story or uh, uh, that pertains to our geek life, um, I like to post that shit too. And um, As I get more time, I'm hoping the winter, like being more uh, kind of forced to be inside and stuff. Summer was really fun, you know, like there's a lot going on. Um, but I'm hoping with the winter I'll be able to uh, power through a lot more of these uh, fun projects that I have in mind for the Superhouse community. He also got Hot Packager Toy Show as well Hell yeah. on YouTube. Which, which also, announcement, I won't be able to make it for the Micronauts uh, episode. I don't think I'm, I'm on my way out to Burning Man. Um, I'll try and post some Instagrams or make a video or something like that. Depending, I don't think I'll have service, but depending on what I can get, I'll probably do a little something for Superhouse in terms of our travel segments. Right. But uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, good. but I'll, I bet I think I'm gonna miss the Micronauts episode, which I'm bummed about. But uh, I'll be back. It's gonna for be more a good one, man. Yeah, I'm digging the Hasbro verse deep dive, um, and uh, and more obscure characters to come. Part of this also is just there's not shit in the theater, man, in August. So, Isn't it that interesting? <laughs> yeah, just kind of helped us out to yeah. to make this instead of our re- general, yeah. our usual review shit. It feels like ages since a movie came out. I still need to watch Mission Impossible, and I'm sure a handful of others. But oh, that yeah, that was actually pretty good. I didn't know you hadn't yeah. seen that. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. Yeah, I gotta go see that. I've been lazy about it. Well, I've been preparing for this Burning Man shit, but when yeah, I get no back, problem. I can get back to normal. So anyway, yeah, leave us some reviews in iTunes as well. If you search for Superhouse Podcast in the iTunes store, you will find us. And if you could please leave us the reviews, five stars and all that, that'd be great. Hell yeah. And, and that's basically it. This is Andrew signing off. Catch us for Micronauts next week. This is Stefan, and I'm signing off. Hell yeah. This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. <laughs> yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description. We have uh, a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. Like if you donate a dollar, you'll be able to uh, give us 
uh, topic for us to talk about. And that's we'll talk dope. about for maybe an hour or more. Who knows yeah. how long it'll take. And that's pretty tight. <laughs> that's the coolest thing. <laughs> Wait, we're on the internet? That's pretty good. <laughs> if you and don't... we can make money. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you donate $1,000, you get full frontal nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. If you give us a grant, who knows what will happen. Check us out. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> you get to go on a date with one of us for $10,000. <laughs> but you pay for everything. <laughs> <laughs> you get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. I'm a for weekend. For $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. <laughs> Superhouse Gigolo Project. 2018. <laughs> Links in the description. <laughs>